When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This week on Barca Talk, Coutinho is getting his Portuguese passport, rumors are swirling around Willian, and the Gamper Trophy is announced. We have preseason updates on the men and the women, and a review of Pimienta's big changes for Barca B. Welcome to Barca Talk. I am Brian Henderson, coming to you from Buffalo, New York, as always. And joining me from Madrid, Spain, is your co-host, Gabriel Quiroga. Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. What's going on? Oh, what is going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I've just, I'm still in, in the throes of unpacking. We have fewer boxes on the ground and more things up in storage places. Uh, so we're, we're still moving into the new place. And I don't know if you, well, you can see, and if anyone saw our Instagram live video that I did the other day, I live in wood world now. Like it's wood paneling wall to wall. It's ridiculously, I like it. Personally, I think it's a nice color of wood paneling. But now we went to the thrift store the other day and we got a matching pair of bookcases that are also almost perfectly matching with our wall panels. So we have these two new bookcases that look like they're built-ins. So that's what's new with me. (laughs) I don't know. My tail light on my car went out the other day. I had to replace it. That's what's happening with me. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm well. I'm uh we're having actually a very pleasant summer here in Madrid. It's not too hot like last summer. Last summer I think it averaged over 100 degrees for June and July. So we are actually having a very pleasant summer right now. Knock on wood. <laughs> there you go. Um other than that just you know, watching all these transfer rumors going crazy. Everyone flipping out on Twitter about William, this guy, that guy. Every year, everyone has everyone has an opinion. You know, it's just it's fascinating to me. Yeah, well, I mean, with especially with social media, the way that breaks down is that every year now is uh, is a complete circus. I mean, it's always been a circus, but now there are just more voices in the room, right? There are more people to chime in about all these rumors, and it really comes down to the to the daily sports media right like they need to create content that's their job is to you know write articles and you get those get that ad revenue right so in the summer you got no games so what you got transfer rumors that's that's all there can be and i don't blame them i'm not i'm not trying to you know i'm not trying to uh, degrade them in any way i just that's that's the situation but then you add the social media element and it turns into a three from a three ring circus to like a five ring circus no i totally understand the other thing too is that there are no insiders when it comes to world football because they just don't have the access like they do in the nba or the nfl where they have these espn insiders where they really have 
quality information on a transfer. Here, it's just, you know, throw things at the wall and hope they stick <laughs> and get some traction on Twitter and it goes crazy. But I mean, for example, last night, the whole William thing kind of broke out and people, you know, Kool-Aid fans were just flipping out about this. Um, last time I checked, he was any of the best player for Chelsea against Barca in the Champions League? Oh, absolutely. And apparently he really caught uh, Valverde's eye in that tie. I mean, we're going to talk about it more, but I mean, it's just funny how, you know, again, we always talk about this throughout the season. Everyone's romanticism with La Masia. People are not patient. So if you're not patient, the board is going to get these 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 players. For me, they're better priced players. You know, like William for sixty million is still considerably better than Paulinho was for fifty last year. I think William could give us some you know speed and be a you know a vital part of the team. Right. Well, yeah. Let's let's talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But uh, first, I just want to we, we want to talk for a minute or two about the upcoming. Uh, U.S. tour of uh, for Barcelona, and uh, that includes the men's and the women's team as well. But uh, just looking at the men's team, are you interested or excited about this at all? Uh, what What's your level of interest in in this International Champions Cup? From a scale of one to ten, yeah, zero. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just but, looking at the schedule, and you're like, uh, "That's five in the morning no, here. I mean, I'm not going to watch that." <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, obviously, the time difference, that's the that's the biggest thing for me. But the second thing, this is all for our American audience, you know, I mean, that's great that they're able to come there and play and give the exposure with all these other teams. And that's awesome. Yesterday, when I did the Facebook Live, there's a couple guys that are going to go see the match, like uh, Michael Miller, and I, I forget who the other one was, they're going to go to Dallas and someone else is watching them in the Rose Bowl. So that's really exciting. Because, you know, obviously, we live in North America that's the only chance you're going to get to see Barcelona. So for the fans of North America, I think that's great. But for me as an interest, as an excitement, I'm not at all, especially since most of the world cup players aren't even on the team playing. is just going to be mainly the the sub guys that are getting most of the time, but I guess, you know, it's, it's cool because it's preseason and we kind of get some live action and some live games. Yeah, I mean, we, we at least get to see games, which is nice. Now here's, here's another question that I have. How much of what we see in these preseason matches, do you think we're going to also see, you know, playing out in La Liga, right? Is this really a preview of what Valverde is going to be trying to do? Or is it just kind of like he's trying some things out and then match day one La Liga, it's going to be completely different and we're never going to see that kind of thing again? Well, I mean, he's not going to go to like a 414 or something, you know, like <laughs> something crazy. I, I just think that, you know, more than anything, he's going to just get he's going to try to get players used to the formation that he wants. Right. So this is kind of an early integration so for example arthur um trying to get used to if they're going to use a 442 but again there's not many there's not much uh variety on the tactics that we would use during the season that we need to keep secret you know for the season you right. know so so i think we are going to see a lot of 433 442 and just seeing the players integrated in those uh, particular systems but you're also right that the lineups are going to be a little different from what we're probably going to be seeing week in week out in La Liga because most of our stars are still on holiday after the World Cup. Although I think Messi's back, right? So I think he's coming up. He's not. No, the only one that's coming to join the team is Ter Stegen. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah but they were you know, what, so you know what you were just saying. I think it's a good, a good thing actually because it'll create a little bit more chemistry between this second team. So when they are needed to play with the second team, maybe for a Copa del Rey on a Thursday night in Huesca for example. <laughs> right. It's um, always Huesca. It's always poor Huesca, you know. <laughs> They'll be able to, you know, have that chemistry from the preseason and able to play and get those uh, points that we need. 
But again, I just think it's for the new players that are on the team. I think it's just a nice preseason because now they're going to be integrated and they're going to be playing most of the preseason matches in the States. Yeah. You know, I think when the next time I do come to Spain and we finally meet in person, we need to go to a, a game in Huesca. Make I, can it, make, I can make that happen. Right. <laughs> you got people in Huesca? <laughs> I do have people in Huesca, actually. <laughs> nice. You got people all over. So, Brian, I want to tell you about this other podcast that I've been checking out on a weekly basis, especially during the World Cup. They had some really great coverage. It's the Canary in Blue podcast, all about Brazil and their national team. Ooh, nice. Tell me more. From Rivaldo to Ronaldo, Ronaldinho to Danny Alves, Neymar to Coutinho, Barcelona has a rich history of Brazilians with many of the club's best ever sides being stocked with players from the world's greatest footballing nation. If you're interested in a podcast which covers every aspect of Brazilian football, look no further than the Canary and Blue Podcast Network. They are the only English-language network covering Brazilian football and currently have two podcasts, Seleção Talk, which includes weekly discussion of the current crop of national team players, and the Brasileiro Review, which covers the drama of the Brazilian domestic league. You can find all of their podcasts on the canarianblue.com or on Twitter at Canary and Blue. They are currently on hiatus after the World Cup, but will return on August 7th. So check them out. Yeah, fantastic. And you actually did an interview on that show, or you uh, guested on that show uh, a few weeks back, right? Yeah, before the World Cup started, we had a discussion about Coutinho. And they just told me about, you know, the sky's the limit with Coutinho. And I'm really excited for the season that Coutinho is going to have for Barca. Cool. So if you're a Brazilian fan, no doubt you're all, if you're also a Barcelona fan, you're going to be following Coutinho uh, big time. And eh, who knows? Maybe Willian. But uh, if you're a Brazil fan, check out the uh, Canary and Blue Network, canarianblue.com or on Twitter at Canary and Blue. Well, okay, so the big news this week, I guess it isn't exactly news, but anyway, Coutinho is definitely getting his Portuguese passport. It's, he's well on his way. Uh, the paperwork is moving along really quickly. The club are confident that he, that he will have that Portuguese passport by the beginning of the season. And, of course, this, along with Paulinho's departure, opens up the possibility of signing another non-EU player. So right now, Arthur and Jerimina are taking two of the three non-EU spots on the squad, which is great news. And, of course, that opens up the door for all of this William uh, speculation. Apparently, Barcelona's third bid of uh, 55 million pounds, which is roughly 61.5 million euro, uh, has been turned down by Chelsea. So the story on the wires last night was uh, was this third bid story and uh, Chelsea rejecting that offer. And apparently Manchester United are also interested in Willian, and he's interested in leaving Chelsea because they're not even going to be in the Champions League next year. I think he wants to go, go to a club where he'll be able to play in the Champions League. Um, but if this becomes the bidding war of the season, how high should Barcelona go for Willian? He's 29 years old, about to turn 30. We know he's got a lot of speed and a lot of quality and, and, and experience, which is great. But he's also, you know, probably starting to age out. Well, it's funny. First, I want to address the Coutinho thing. Okay. Um, you know, this board is super impressive. They get the Portuguese passport expedited. They find a liver for Abidal on the black market. Done. But you it's know? totally legal. It's totally legal. It's totally legal. I've seen two uh, different stories this past week saying like, yes, it's legal. Everything was fine. Yeah. I mean, who knows what really happened, but the gray uh, market. You know, me going, got... Yeah. <laughs> me going through my visa process right now. And I read this story. I'm just 
flabbergasted <laughs> of how quickly this is able to get through, but whatever money buys everything. The other thing with William, I think he would be an asset to the team, you know, just another depth person. He'd definitely be a great winger. Obviously some people are complaining to that will hinder Dembele's progression, but at the same time, Dembele is super young. You know, we still have him for a long time. And the thing is, Maybe he just needs some more time to get acclimated to our system and see William how he performs in a 4-3-3 or whatever tactics Valverde decides to use. But I just think that for this price, I think he would be an asset to the team, especially for a three-year window. I think it's perfect. Well, you know, and you never know how a season could uh, pan out, right? I mean, it all depends on how the players look in training. That's my understanding. That's probably how Valverde works. Although he does tend to uh, have his favorites and... uh, Maybe it doesn't depend so much on how they look in training during that week. He he still has uh, his his favorites, and he expects certain players to rise to the occasion, even if they weren't looking so good that week in training. I mean, I don't know, because I'm not there, and I don't know what goes on in the training sessions. None of us do. That's, that's the classified information. But I could easily see something like almost a competition, right, between Willian and Dembele, and maybe it'll happen that Willian starts off with more starts in the beginning of the season, and maybe Dembele starts really progressing through the season, and then he starts to get more starts towards the tail end, just because he's he's starting to go up, right? He's on the ascent. And I'm not saying that Willian is in the descent. I think he's definitely at his plateau, though. Right, like he's not going to get a whole lot better at this point in his career. So we know what we're getting from him, which is nice. But he's also, I think, approaching that point in his career. I mean, it, it all depends, again, on how he handles his own sort of health, his physical longevity. I mean, look at Giggs, right? He made it a point to have a lot of longevity, and he played well into his 30s at a pretty high level still. So we don't know where William is at with that. Uh, but it seems to me like William is... At his plateau, he's approaching that point where he's going to start his physical, you know, descent. Whereas Dembele is on the ascent, and who knows? It could it, they could cross over this year. No, that's a good point. But I also, you know, I think Messi can make him even that much better. You know, playing with Messi, Suarez, and Coutinho, I just think um, he would be able to get to better. Uh, goals, more goals, more assists, and just be more active than he's ever been at Chelsea. You know, um, that's one thing. So I think him coming to Barcelona will get like we'll get the best potential William that we could get. Now I just you know for me for the price and for the age I think it's a good buy. Um, I think like I said he would bring a lot of um, you know speed down that side just like we need, and also just to give Dembele a little bit more time where he doesn't have all that pressure. Now, my biggest thing now going forward is just unload Andres Gomes. We need to get rid of this guy. I, I think for me, he's the biggest uh, dead weight right now on the team and everyone else I'm fine with on the roster as of right now. Um, I just think, you know, I've, I've read reports where Andres Gomes was um, being offered for or other clubs were asking 20 million and Barca wants to sell him for 35. But I mean, come on, just got to offload him because he is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he's terrible for us. He's terrible for us and for other teams, he'd be more valued. And I think for him, he needs to go. But the other thing too, before is um, I, I also read another thing on Yuri Mina that a lot of clubs have uh, approached Barcelona for Yuri Mina. They've talked to Yuri Mina about him leaving, but he wants to stay on the team because he wants to prove himself. He wants to um, have a full season. And I like that kind of attitude. I, th- I think he knows his place on the team as a, as a substitute. And I think he wants to work, being a better player and I think that's a really great attitude to have and also um, as I was talking to some some fans yesterday on Facebook live you know PK is getting older and we're going to need him TT and Lenglet and 
Ari Mina to step up for, you know, for the future. So for me, you can't have enough center backs. I like Yamina's potential, especially what he did in the World Cup. He didn't get used and he scored goals. So for me, I think that's a really great asset to have. And overall, I've been really happy with the transfer market so far. I just, if they can sell Andres Gomez, I just think this whole season would be a home run. Yeah, the last thing I heard was, yeah, Arsenal interested, but then that interest cooled off. Uh, and I haven't heard anything new since then and it's it seems like a really tough situation it's uh, and like you said people or clubs want him but then Barcelona they want to get maybe more than anyone else is willing to pay and I think that that's difficult because I don't think Barca is really in a great negotiating position to be asking more for him I mean look how they used him they they didn't use him that much and then he didn't play very well for us so it's kind of hard if you're the, if you're Barcelona to say, well, we think he's worth more. I'm like, well, what then? Why haven't you gotten more out of him? Exactly. And it's just, you know, everyone knows they can try to get him for the cheap because they know Barcelona wants to get rid of him. They know that Andres Gomez wants to leave and get more playing time. So it's one of those things. It's a, you know, it's a buyer's market. So. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I think, I think we're probably going to see a sort of late window unloading of Gomes maybe even for a bargain price that's the thing they really should just unload him sooner rather than later because they're going to get if they if they become really motivated to let him go towards the end of the window they're going to have to get rid of him for peanuts right at least now they could get they could probably get 20 million for him yeah and I just hope you know for him it's I think it'd be the best for him too because he'd be a starter on a bunch of other teams, you know, and I just think for him, for his career, you know, he wasn't able to be on the Portuguese national team this year because of not getting enough playing time at Barca. So I think for him, he's a good enough player to play in the Premier League. I think that style really suits him. And I think if he does go into uh, Arsenal, for example, I think he'll have uh, a second renaissance of his career because he was serviceable at Valencia. I mean, that's why we got him, but it's just, he's just not a Barca player. And I just really hope they get this done. And if they get this done, I will play that. What's that song they play when they try to adopt dogs? <laughs> oh, that Sarah McLaughlin song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Sarah McLaughlin song. I'll be <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have a segment for that, you know? <laughs> This little guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I even also heard that Valencia were interested in bringing him back, and I think that would be good. But if he goes to Premier League, at least we'll know whether or not he's going to the Premier League sooner rather than later because the Premier League moved the deadline of their transfer window up to August 9th rather than August 31st where all the other leagues are at. So Premier League is going to close out before all of the other major European leagues, and that's a new change this year. So we'll see, uh, and we'll see before too long. That's right. Good job, Brian, on that. I didn't know that. That's a, that's a good little tidbit. I'm you staying know, up Brian. on the news. Look, look at you, a little <laughs> newswire action. Good job, Brian. <laughs> that is interesting because now all that fervor, because obviously the Premier League is such a big market, when they close, then that really limits a lot of the transfers because they have the most money. So that'll be interesting to see. And, you know, August 9th is quickly approaching. Yeah, it really is. Now, of course, the final preseason match uh, before things really get going is going to be the Gamper Trophy. And it's actually going to be played uh, on the 15th of August. So that's in between the Super Cup final in Tangier and the start of the league season. And the uh, opponent has been announced. Boca Juniors are going to be coming from Argentina to Barcelona to play the Gumper Trophy. So that that should be a fun match. And again, I think that's one of my favorite preseason matches. It's it's very it's very friendly usually. It's very lighthearted, but you you get to see the team in the Camp Nou. You get to see I think the best preview of 
what kinds of uh, action we're going to be seeing in the league because that's when the full squad is back everyone's up and running yeah I, I agree and I, I like the way they get these really good teams from South America you know Boca Juniors is one of those story teams in Argentina um, I love their uniforms the blue and the yellow I've always loved that combination with the kilns uh, the beer on there too <laughs> and so um, I just think you know I just think it's a really good get um, there's a lot of Argentinians here in Spain so they'll definitely be going to that match as well but like you said it's a very just friendly match but in a good way not in not in a way where people you know the players don't want to be there they want to score goals and it's almost a really it's almost like the harlem globetrotters type of exhibition where it's right. everyone wants to put on a nice show score lots of goals but obviously no one's slide tackling that much and it's just a really good friendly match and like like you said i like this one out of all of them i don't like any of the super cups can't really be interested in the international cup that much just because I, because of the time difference, the, mo- the the main thing, but uh, the Gamper is, is just a nice, you know, it just makes you feel nice inside. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it gets you it gets you fired up for the season. I think the preseason is approaching for Barca women just as well as the men, and to tell us more about that, including a couple of firsts for the women, is contributor Michelle Taylor. The preseasons for Barcelona Femini in the past have not been outstanding affairs. Normally played, say, second division teams and ended up winning 20 goals to nil or something like that. So they really haven't done the team a service. This preseason, I'm happy to say, is a whole lot better and we've lined up some quality friendly games. The start of it will be with Barca Femini will be for the first time joining the men's team in a tour away and they will be in the USA from the 24th to the 29th of July. They will fly out to Beaverton in Oregon, which is the Nike headquarters, home of Nike, and they will be involved in promotional activities for the Nike brand and for Barcelona. And then on the 27th of July, they will be playing in LA against SoCal FC, who is a team in the WPSL in America. And they'll be playing at the Drake Stadium at, on the UCLA campus. There are tickets available. You do have to register. There's a link on my Twitter site at the top. It's my pinned tweet at the moment. And you do have to register to go to that, but the tickets are free. And that will be a great game. It's, uh, the capacity of the stadium is about 12,000, and, and hopefully it will be full for that game. Along with the, the friendly and the promotional activities, it is hinted that there may be some more news about the expansion team that Barcelona is thinking of putting into the or, or planning to put into the NWSL. And there may be more details of that to tie in with the Barca Femini involvement in the tour to the U.S. Then they come back. And the first game that they'll be involved in is on the 5th of August. They will be playing Chelsea Women. That'll be a great game because Chelsea were the semi-finalists in last year's Champions League. This will be a quality game to see Barca matched up against uh, Chelsea, who were also the, the winners of the English League last year, last season. The team will travel to England and on the 12th they will play against Manchester City up at the City training grounds. That'll be another great test of Barca Femini to see how they they line up against Manchester City. And on the 18th of August, back in Barcelona, they'll play Montpellier from France. And if anyone has been following Barca for a number of years, they'll know that our former midfielder Virginia Torresia is now playing for Montpellier. So Virginia will be back on her old turf to play against her old team. She was actually in the crowd at the Copa del Arena match against Levante at Juan Gampa. 
and uh, I saw her there in, in the crowd while, while we were watching the game. So she still keeps an eye on what Barcelona's doing, obviously. After the 18th game against Montpellier, we have the Copa Catalunya, which is always played at the beginning of the, of the season as a pre-season event. Barcelona will be playing the semi-finals against Pardines, which is a, a second league team here in, in Catalunya. And if they progress to the finals, they'll either be playing Espanyol or another team, AEM. The 25th will be the final of the Copa Catalunya. And then <laughs> before the season even starts, which is around the 7th of September, on the 31st of August to the 4th of September, most of the team or the internationals will be having an international break in which games for the classification for the next year's World Cup will be taking place. That will be what the international break is all about. Some news out of Barcelona on Friday, the 20th, uh, one of the local papers reported that Barca Femini will have a sponsor as of next year on the front of their shirt, and it won't be the same as the men's team. It will be Black & Decker, Stanley Black & Decker. Now, Black & Decker have had uh, a sponsorship agreement with the club since 2014, and in March this year, they announced that they would become an official sponsor of Barca Femini. Nothing much happened after that. There was a nice little video released by, by Black & Decker that involved some of the players from Barca Femini talking about what playing meant to them and, and you know the challenges that they faced as female players. But now there comes this announcement, not official yet, but through a paper, that Black & Decker will be on the, on the shirts for Barca Femini. Now, this may tie in quite well because, of course, Black & Decker is an American company. Barca Femini is heading to America with on the U.S. tour with the men uh, doing some promotional activities for Nike, playing a game, and hopefully with news of the expansion team into NWSL for either next season or the season after, whenever they've, they've, they've got their plans in place. It may be that Black & Decker will also sponsor the Barca women's team in America. So it's all a nice little tie-in. And we're just waiting for the official news on that as to whether or not that is happening. So that's all the news I have for you guys. Here we thought that we were going to have a quiet summer, but uh, it never happens that way when we want it. And we're looking forward to pre-season starting with the medicals, actually, on Monday before the team flies out on Tuesday to America for the first part of their pre-season. Take care. That was Michelle Taylor. Follow her Barca Women Twitter account, at Barca Women. Dana became a Barca fan in one of the most unlikely and unorthodox ways. I was teaching English in a um, medium-sized city in between Barcelona and Madrid. And I had a, a really great group of students, but they had all failed English the year before. And they were really struggling to pass because I wasn't a fan of Real Madrid or Barcelona. So I made them a deal. Those that passed, I think, their midterm exam got to vote, and whichever side had more votes, I would become a supporter of that team. And the FC Barcelona kids did better on their exams, so I became an FC Barcelona fan. My students made a good choice. Hear the rest of Dana's story and more on August 6th in a special episode with stories of people's first time at the Camp Nou and what led up to it. All right, now let's talk about Barca B because we have some updates. Pimienta is really shaking up this squad, right? So the late season replacement of Gerard Lopez as Barca B manager with the under-19 manager, Garcia Pimienta, last season, it was not enough to keep the team in the Segunda division, but Pimienta seems to be doing exactly what he was brought in to do, which is bring up academy players. So Barca B now have 12 players newly promoted from Juvenil A, the under-19 A, the team that won that UEFA under-19 tournament. 
I don't know if you were trying to make a pun there with pimienta shaking it up, but it worked. <laughs> uh, explain. Pimienta is black pepper. Right. And so like pepper shaker. Correct. Okay. Shaking it up. Yeah. Cool, cool. Or, uh, anyway. or I could have said pimienta is adding a little spice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> to Barca B. I like it. I like it. That's that's Brian Brian Pun Henderson over here. Oh yeah, you're going to be hearing plenty of that this year. I'm I'm just curious to see what the the final squad's going to be entering in September or late August. I, I'm right now with the moves they make, it's great. I think they're definitely trying to make more of a focus of internal players, which I think is great. Um, obviously they're still trying to debate whether they're going to do with Arnice and some other players, but uh, yeah. Again, he's going to have the full season, so we're going to see what kind of progress he can do with Barca B. Yeah, well, and among these uh, players who have been brought up from Juvenil A, one of the most talked about rising stars is Ricky Puch, and he's actually one of seven players who have been training with the first team and hoping to be given a ticket to the U.S. for the tour this week. So for me, there's an interest there because there's a a good potential during this International Champions Cup to see some of these uh, young players just brought up. I don't think we'll see a whole lot of them during the season. Of course, we'll see them on Barca B, but I don't think we'll see many of them on the first team. But this kid, he's he's 18 years old. He was just uh, in the under-19 squad last season, and now he's training with Messi. You know, And I think that we're going to see him in action at least a little bit during the U.S. tour. So going back to the U.S. tour thing, that's at least something that interests me about it. But of course, for you, I, I get the whole time change. It's it's not enough to get you to wake up at five in the morning. No, it's not. But <laughs> I mean, I, you know, with these young players, the most important thing is just to kind of give them the exposure of what's expected to of them being a professional for FC Barcelona. The travel demands, the, the crowd demands, the different things with training, balancing that with the game, all those type of things, you know. Um, so I think it's really great to have that opportunity to be able to travel with the team. So hopefully he gets that ticket. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. Seriously. Now, meanwhile, Mark Cardona has been loaned out to Ibar, and so he's the 23 year old forward who he hasn't seen any time with the first team, but now at least he'll be playing in the Primera. I think he's the highest profile departure from the from the club or from the B team at this point, with others being promoted to the first team at least on paper. Of course, we, and we talked about this a couple of episodes ago. You know, of course, Alenia, Palencia, Cucurella goalkeeper Ortola, which I didn't know they had done, and are nice. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm a big fan of this move because I think it obviously he's going to be able to play against better competition. He's going to get a lot of playing time because he's already potentially a starter right off the bat, you know, for Ibar. Uh, so it'll be a good move for him. And plus we'll be able to see what he can really do with the playing time against good competition in La Liga and if he can really score amount of goals that he's required of him. So I think it's a good opportunity. He better take this because he's not going to get many more after this. Right, exactly. Now, side note, you really notice how Ibar have been really growing well and developing. I don't know if uh, I don't know what happened, if they changed something in, in the front office, but they have in the last few years really been coming up and handling themselves really well as a club, making really smart acquisitions and staying in the Primera, whereas just a few years ago, I mean, I think it was last year, the year before, they had to build new stands in their stadium to accommodate more fans uh, because they've just been growing so much. I, I really think, Ibar, like, as smaller clubs to watch, I think Ibar is a good club to watch right now. I mean, the, the biggest thing when you get promoted to the first division is to survive that, right? Because if you can survive that, you get another huge paycheck from the league and that helps you to kind of scale the roster and make improvements. So Ibar, they were 
touted just to be a one one year wonder basically and they were able to survive and now they've been i think four years now yeah something like this four or five and so with each year they've been selling out all their matches so that's one thing the other thing they've been competitive so they, they haven't even been close to relegation really they've always been you know right kind of in the middle and they've been a tough opponent as well because that uh, stadium where they play is such a tight small box it gives them a huge advantage against bigger teams because the bigger teams want to spread them out use the speed against them uh, again like we talked about it's it's almost like a phone booth mentality right you keep your opponent closer they can't really run that that far away from you and so ibar has been able to do that you know i've been really impressed with what they do but also what they've been doing too is picking players who are borderline talent between like a, a B and the first team and getting them on loan for the cheap. And they have something to prove, you know, and they're able to get uh, really quality production from those players. Yeah, so maybe we'll see at least a, a good performance from Mark Cardona for them this year. Now, going back to uh, bringing up all of these young players, I mean, these are all 18, 19-year-old players. They're going to be in Segunda B, you know, strictly speaking, the third tier, actually. And I think that this is actually a really good time to bring those players up because it's not a, an incredible shock from Juvenil A, right? It'll be like a sort of midway promotion for them. Because in terms of moving from one league to another league, you know, I mean, honestly, even going from the second division to the first division, it's a big jump, right? I mean, sure, yeah, yeah, in the I... second division, you're going to be playing teams who just last year were in the first division and you're going to get that experience. But from second to first, it's a really huge leap. And I would imagine that from Juvenil A, you know, the under-19 leagues to even full-on Segunda, that's an even bigger jump, right? So if you go to the third tier of the whole system from under-19, it I don't know. Do you think that it's less culture shock or is it good to have that kind of shock to just be thrown deep end of the pool into, let's say, second division rather than sec- Segunda B? I mean, I think it's always good to get shocked like that because I think you sink or swim right and you just you kind of you know like we saw the team last year right I think with Barca B they were trying to figure out the competition where they kind of sat and eventually they were able to do okay right for the most part until the very end when they kind of faltered but I like playing up a level as as opposed to down a level right I think it's just better for your growth uh and sports wise I just think it's it just makes you a better player. You know, you get that exposure and, ex- and experience. So for me, I prefer uh, moving up like that. We're taking a break from the same old Barca talk for the next few weeks, but don't forget to check out our special episode, My First Time at the Camp New, on August 6th. Thanks to our Barca Women contributor, Michelle Taylor. Follow her on Twitter, at Barca Women. Barca Talk is written by Gabriel Quiroga and myself, Brian Henderson. Gabriel Quiroga also manages our social media and advertising. Brian Henderson edits the show and writes all the music. We're looking forward to a good preseason, and regular episodes will start again on August 20th. Until then, Visca Barca. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.